What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. everybody to another episode of Speaking of Missing Persons and welcome to the new listeners. Before we get into today's show, a little bit of business. We have two other shows. Make sure you go check those out. Speaking of Murders and Speaking of Hauntings. If you like this, you'll like those. Um, If you want to see any photos or you just want to reach out to us, um, check out our socials. They're in the episode description. We have a Patreon so go check that out. You get bonus episodes every other week. Patreon.com slash Missing Murdered Haunted. That's also in the episode description. And if you have a case you would like to suggest that you would like to hear on the show, send that over to our email, missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com. So all of that said, Shauna, tell us about a missing person. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a little boy named Kyron Richard Horman. He was born September 9th, 2002 in Portland, Oregon. His parents are Desiree Young and Kane Horman. The pair divorced before Kyron was even born. It was around like eight months pregnant is when they started going through that process. They were given joint custody in 2004. But then Desiree found out that she was going through kidney failure and this caused her to have to leave Kyron's care to Kane. Okay. Because she was going through a bunch of surgeries and dialysis and all of that, which makes you really weak and all that stuff. She remained in Kyron's life and upbringing the best she could. She really did love him. Always talking to him, always talking to Kane about him. From every interview I've ever seen of this case... She was a doting mother. Kane, though, he remarried in 2007 to a woman named Terry Moulton. Terry was a substitute teacher, and they had met in 2001 before Kane and Desiree's divorce was actually finalized. So they had dated a long time. Mm-hmm. In 2008, Terry gave birth to Chiron's little sister. At this point, Chiron was seven years old and in second grade at Skyline Elementary. Skyline Elementary would be the last place Chiron was ever seen. So he was taken from the elementary school, or something happened to him at the elementary school? He... I guess you're going to tell me the story, never mind. Probably, I mean, it will be answered here in a second. (laughs) On June 4th, 2010, Terry took Chiron to school so she could help set up his science fair project. Students reported seeing him there that day, like in the morning. Okay, so he was definitely there. He was definitely there. Okay. Terry said she left the school at 8.45 a.m. after seeing Chiron walking to his first class. But he was never in class that day. He was reported absent all day, for the whole day. Okay, so somewhere between walking away from her inside of the school already 
and getting to the actual classroom, he went MIA. Yeah, he's gone missing. Terry's recount of what she did that day was she left the school at 8.45. She visited two Fred Meyer grocery stores until 10.10 a.m. In between then, 10.10, and 11.39, she was just driving around to help soothe uh, her daughter's earache. She was trying to soothe that. So she really can't be accounted for during this driving around period. Right. Okay. Like I said, or so that's what she says she was doing. Right. She then went to the gym from 11.39 to 12.40 p.m. At 1.21 p.m., she was at home posting Chiron's fair photos on Facebook. Okay. Then... Kane, Terry, and Chiron's little sister walked to the bus stop at 3.30 p.m. to meet Chiron. They were going to pick him up there. Did they not get, like, a phone call from the school saying he wasn't there? No. Weird. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, that's very strange, because this was in the early 2000s? Yeah. Some schools wouldn't do it unless they were absent two days in a row. Weird. I thought all schools did it like that day, like it was yeah, an automatic. Yeah, they give you like a check-in call. Yeah, with yeah like... it was like an automatic recording. That's not entirely true. I well, I didn't. I just said I thought. Okay, because I used <laughs> they to are like supposed to. I used to delete that message before it was heard. They were supposed to, but they didn't always. <laughs> right, I was gonna say like the second that you didn't, like you were reported as not absent. For a class. You mean not present. Or whatever. Sorry. Not present for a class. Typically, secretaries were, like, calling your parents. Right. They're, they were supposed to, if that makes sense. Okay. When the bus showed up, they were informed Chiron never got on the bus that evening. That they should call or get in contact with the school. Terry, Kane, and the baby all drove to the school to talk to the secretary and learned when the secretary had actually learned that he, like, when she put two and two together, that he was marked as absent but had been there, the secretary called to report him missing. I'm guessing the parents were still at the school. I'm assuming so, but it's 2002 and cell phones were in existence and so were pay phones at that point and schools had pay phones well i'm just thinking i mean i get it but still and she realized oh shit you dropped him off and he was marked absent i'm gonna call the police oh well this happened in 2010 technically i'm sorry i was like no this this definitely happened in 2010 I was confused too, but so cell phones were definitely a thing then. The police started searching extensively in a two mile radi- radius of the school immediately. Because that's like a big deal. Someone, like a child being taken from inside a school, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah. How old was he? He was in he? second grade. He second was seven. Grade. Okay. Seven. At the same time, they were also searching. Suave Island, which was six miles away, but it was never clear why they were searching there. They never said. The family wouldn't talk to the media either. 
a statement was released in like regards to that though by the police which read Chiron's family would like to thank people for the support and interest in finding their son. The outpouring of support and continued effort strengthens their hope. We need for folks to continue to assist us in our goal. Please search your properties, cars, outbuildings, sheds, etc. Also check with neighbors and friends who may be on vacation or may need in assistance in searching. There are a lot of resources here to help you search, so please don't stop. It is obviously a difficult time, and they want to speak to the public so you can hear it from Chiron's family as they come together to share their message. Their objective is to keep the focus on Chiron and not about anything else. That's kind of weird. That's why I included it, was because it, it, it comes off as weird. Yeah, like, what else would people be focusing on besides his disappearance? And it seems like they're thinking he wandered off, not that he was, was taken. taken. Did they tell Desiree? When did she find out? Um, From, like, listening to this story, past interviews of it, like, on Dr. Phil and stuff, they didn't inform her for a week. Excuse me, what? So he was missing for a solid week before his mother knew that he was gone? From my understanding, absolutely. Okay. June 12th. So he went missing on the 4th. So on June 12th, 300 experienced rescuers searched wooded areas around the school. This search would kick off a 10-day-long search with over uh, 1,300 people joining in this search from Oregon, Washington, and California. So if he was in those woods... He would have been found. He would have been found. He would have been found. More than likely. I mean, there is, unless he was, like, buried or something, but you could assume I mean, they would have found fresh dirt. Right. So... That's a was lot anywhere of people in that area. Yeah, that's a lot of people to be checking just woods alone. This would be the largest search in Oregon history. A reward for information on the return of Chiron was set at twenty five thousand, but was expanded to fifty thousand late in later June of two thousand ten. So they were expecting to not find find him, him. right during the search in late June. 2010, Kane was told by police Terry had asked their landscaper Sanchez if he would kill Kane for, quote, a lot of money. Hold up. So, wait. So, what? she tried to hire someone to kill her husband. To that kill is what's Chiron's been, dad. That is what's been testified, yes. Okay. That makes her look... And she was the last one to see Chiron. Yeah. And how would it, it wouldn't have been hard for her to take him inside the school, take pictures of him with his science project. And then take him back out of the school. And then take him back out of the school. Yeah, nobody would have even questioned her. No, because people would have been like, oh yeah, we saw him that morning and... Oh, maybe they ran home to grab something. Maybe he forgot something, whatever. Okay, so is she in jail? No. Sanchez testified... uh, to this, to Terry asking him to help kill Kane in January, that's when she, he got asked, was January 2010, five months before Chiron went missing. 
Okay, so she was trying to. Okay. She was the trying to have for hire was before before. Okay, right. But that still makes it extra suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make you look good. No, not no, not at all. Terry denied it all, though. Of course she would. Sanchez was asked to try to get a confession for the hit for hire via wiretap, but this failed, so no arrests were made because they couldn't prove it. Okay, so it was just his word against hers. Right. But I don't think someone's just going to be like, yeah, that, that bitch asked me to kill this man. Why would well, they? Well, I mean, but why wouldn't he have come forward then? When it actually happened, it does make it kind of a little questionable. Like, you're just coming forward now when Chiron is missing instead of coming forward back well, in January maybe. when she tried to hire you. Because wouldn't see you that like is if just you not wanting said, to get involved? We've no, discussed I get, this. I get that. But I also would think you would be like, Okay, well, I said no, so she's going to try to find someone else, so let me try to save this dude's life. Actually, a lot of uh, paid hits, when the first person is asked and they say no, they typically do keep it to themselves. A lot of times. It's a, that ain't my business, I said no, it's no longer in my hands type of situation. I guess, but no one asked me to kill somebody for you because i'm gonna go to the police because oh indefinitely yes. i don't want to save my own ass i've also heard of cases where people have gone to the police when that happened and the police be like well there's nothing we can do about it without a confession yeah i could see that but at least you told them right june 28th king got a restraining order and started the divorce process he so said he believed that. he yeah. believed the landscaper absolutely once the divorce was finalized terry was granted supervised visitation of their daughter so she didn't even get custody damn at the same time terry failed two different lie detector tests about chiron's disappearance august 2010 police were looking for someone that was supposedly seen in terry's car the day chiron went missing according to two different witnesses so she might have had help right Nothing about her looks great. Right. Police said whoever the person is, man or woman, they don't, they're not disclosing. Okay. Could be a critical part to the investigation. So they were hoping to find that person. But I'm assuming they didn't. They didn't. July 2010, so the next month, Terry's friend Dee Dee was subpoenaed because it was said, like, quote, by Desiree and Kane, uh, they had been in close communication. Like, that was a thing. And Dee Dee was providing Terry with support and, and advice that was not in the best interest of their son. Okay. How they know that, I don't know. That is just what they are, quote, saying. Police said that Dee Dee was extremely cooperative. She willingly let police search her property, car, and also sat through three hours of questioning. Three hours isn't that long of a time no. when you hear how long some people have to sit through that shit. Yeah, I know. But Dee Dee didn't make herself look very good either because uh, she had left her job at... She was a gardener. She had left the her employer's residence as a gardener 
at 11.30 a.m. for 90 minutes on the day Chiron went missing. And there's no account of what she did in that 90 minutes. So she d- didn't say what she did? Like, oh, the I just took The same 90 w- minutes of time that Terry was just driving around to soothe the baby? No, actually, Terry would have... They would have only had about 10 minutes together if she left at 11.30. But Yeah, because that would have been the time that she was at the gym. That w- 10 minutes is enough time for them to get together to... I don't know, bury a body. Or for her to pass off a body. Uh, right. Ten minutes is really quick to try and bury a body. No, no I was thinking what I'm more saying. of like, if she had done something to, if Terry had done something to Chiron, she could have had this friend of hers, Dee Dee, take the body while she went and created an alibi at a gym. True. They could have met exchanged and then she spent 90 minutes this is also what makes this 90 minutes that Dee Dee was gone weird i hope they searched the grounds at that employer's house i hope they did too it's also said that Dee, Dee helped terry buy a burner phone so it couldn't be traced okay she's not looking good at all neither one of them are looking very good no it looks terrible on we're both not, of them. We're not accusing anyone. We're just saying you, you don't look good. No, you don't. You don't it, it doesn't you don't look, look good. good. No. It's not a good look. Uh, Dee Dee was, quote, telling journalists, not a journalist, multiple, there's this horror that my friend is going through. If I thought for a second she was capable of foul play, I wouldn't, I would, ha- I would not have been there. She would not have been my friend in the first place. Okay. It, that makes it sound extra sketchy. Foul play. Well, she couldn't come out and say if my friend had disappeared her stepson. <laughs> Kid- kidnapped? Yeah. Desiree opened a civil lawsuit against Terry for the disappearance of Chiron, seeking damage. Charges. Right, they do that a lot to try to, it, it, if they win cases like that, then it makes it easier to find them guilty for actually having something to do with the disappearance. Right. She was seeking $10 million. Damn, dude. Right. I, I mean, I would want way more than that if it was my kid. Absolutely. October 12th, Dee Dee wouldn't answer any of the 142 questions asked during Desiree's lawsuit trial. She refused to talk about her whereabouts on June 4th, 2010, or say if she had any contact with Terry that day. Dee Dee also wouldn't say if she had met Chiron before, or if she knew Kane. So she literally just sat there in silence and said, yep. Uh, I plead the fifth. Pretty much. She probably did sit there and go, I plead the fifth. That'd be a long, that'd be a lot of questions to say, I plead the fifth. Right? Because you would have, you have to say it like that. You can't just refuse to answer. Kyra, uh, Kane was informed by police in 2003 that they had, they quote, have more probable cause. In 2003? 2013. <laughs> I'm so bad with numbers. Please <laughs> bear I'm with like, it. What? 
bear with it. I'm so bad with numbers. Dyslexia fucking sucks. Okay, 2013. Kane was informed by police, quote, they have more probable cause to think Terry Horman was involved in Chiron's disappearance than they did two years ago. So, 2012. So, two years later, they had more evidence against her. But right. that they're not revealing. But what that tells me right there is no body, no crime. Well, basically. Guess, yeah. Quoted from Small Town Murder. They can't find a body. They can't charge her with the disappearance or the crime in general, which is absolutely terrible. But they have all the reasons to believe it's her. It's her. Right. Which, uh, they which just don't would have mean any, like, concrete a, evidence. Right. It's probably all circumstantial evidence. Well, so it would, A, only be circumstantial, and they can charge someone on circumstantial evidence, but they have to have a significant amount of circumstantial evidence. And Which is difficult to obtain. And you don't want to do yeah. it and then end up having, like, the whole double jeopardy thing happen if you lose. Like, if they did later find him, they couldn't recharge her if she was found not guilty. Right. So, is that where we're at? No, no, nothing. And well, in July 30th, 2013, Desiree had dropped the case against Terry because she didn't want to cause problems with the police investigation because they are they were telling the family they ultimately had a reason to suspect Terry had done this. And yes, that is where I leave you with this case. It is. So freaking sad. I mean, what the hell could she have done with, like, a baby in the car? And if they found no evidence in the car, like, she I mean, you could speculate that maybe that's why Dee Dee met her for 10 minutes. They could have been, I mean, what, 80 minutes away from each other? That would have left them 10 minutes. Dee Dee could have held on to the baby while it doesn't take that long to murder a person. How would you know? <laughs> because statistically, it can happen in a minute and a half. I was trying to lighten the mood, Shona. But I'm just saying there could have been any number of reasons why that 10 minutes was significant. No, I... It, she looks guilty. It's absolutely freaking appalling. But now, I with mean, schools, if, if you really want to know with schools, you can designate who is allowed to pick them up, drop them off, come to school with them, get in contact with. That's why... Well, in a lot of schools, that's required. You have to put in a list at the beginning of the school year. There's, like, a case that made it, like, a huge deal. And that's why schools get locked down immediately once school starts. Yeah, or all doors are locked except the door to the main entrance and even then there's cameras there there's camera there should our at least our high school had cameras fucking everywhere well in a lot of elementary schools now that are getting built at least around here they have they have don't they so like at their main entrance they'll have like two sets of doors right and and the front ones are unlocked and there will be a side door that forces you to go into the office. You can't just go straight into the building. You have to go through the office past the secretary to get into the building 
once school has started. That's pretty smart. I mean, they do that at nursing homes, too. Even beyond that, they'll have like a video door, a video doorbell type of thing at the front that you have to buzz and they can see you on the camera and you have to tell them who you are. And then they'll buzz that first set of doors open. Right. And you go, you're directed straight into the office. Right. Which is so crazy that you have to keep schools on that much of a flipping lockdown. And it's not just, okay, it's not just cases like this. It's also school shootings and all kinds of stuff that's caused this. Right. But, I mean, just informing you that there are safety measures in place now. I feel like that's more with elementary schools. It is. A lot of it is primarily elementary schools yeah, primary because they're schools. the ones targeted the most when it comes to things unfortunately like pedophiles and issues with parental like yeah, custody like and things like that they tend to be the ones that get targeted so with all that being said if you have any information you can call it doesn't say what this number is but it it's like uh just one of those uh, like just general hotlines for missing persons, 1-800-843-5678. Or you can call the Oregon Sheriff's Department at 1-503-823-3333 or 1-503-261-2847. And... Currently, Chiron would be nineteen year old, nineteen years old now, or pretty close to it. Didn't do the exact math. He would have brown hair, blue eyes. At the time of his disappearance, he was around three eight. He was last seeing, which is ironic as shit, because he was really big into forensic investigations. A black T-shirt with a CSI logo on it. Black cargo pants white socks, and black sketchers with orange trim. He would also should be wearing glasses or have contacts if he were, if he is still alive. All right. So if you have any information, make sure you call one of those numbers and let someone know. So hopefully they can find this guy, kid, adult now. Anyway, um, if you... Like today's episode, let us know. Hop on wherever you're listening. Give us five stars. Leave a review so we can get out to more people and they can hear about these missing folks. Hopefully, we can uh, help find someone at some point. So, if you want to see photos associated with today's episode, check out the Instagram. Link is in our uh, episode description. And check out the Patreon. You know, Links for all of our socials and our Patreon are all in the episode description. If you have a case you want to suggest, send it over to the email. Missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com. Does anyone have anything else they want to add in? We aren't accusing anyone. I just want to put that out there. This is not us accusing. This is just this is just police's theory that Terry was involved. Okay. Good. Just want to put it out there. Uh y'all should come listen to Speaking of Haunting, because we're doing a Friday the thirteenth episode and it's gonna either be fun or horrible. Check it out. It'll be fun. Check it out. Do you have anything you want to add? I'm good. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.